0: Hey, Feeds, let's head on over to the canteen. What do you think?
1: Let's do it, Phil.
0: Let's do it.
1: Check one, two, one, two.
0: Welcome to the canteen.
1: Find us on social media at Dash with Flash and at your podcast catcher of choice with your hosts Phil Mason and Scott Fiedler. Welcome. To the camp
0: Welcome to the canteen. My name is Phil Mason. He's Scott Fiedler, and we are broadcasting from the canteen at Brookwood Camps, the Sports Academy at Brookwood Camps, where you send us your most precious gift, and we we return we we'll return
1: them. <laughs> <laughs> we'll return them, Phil. We'll return them. I
0: promise. Uh, uh. I hate it when I blow those intros like that. Welcome to the show. I'm sorry. I was a little too excited. I've had a couple of days off. And uh, <laughs> what's going on, Feeds?
1: Nothing. All good, bro. All good. You know, getting excited. Uh, we're getting close to a summer and uh, a normal summer again, thank goodness. So uh, I'm, I'm excited uh, for camp. You know, we're getting a lot of new leads and new kids, which is beautiful. Now, if I could get some of these uh, old timers to get off their uh, butts and start signing up, we'll be in great shape.
0: I think you're right. I think it will be a great summer. I hope it will be a great summer. It looks like we're still going to have camp. You never know what these people and what their regulations are. But I'm excited for my last summer. And I'm telling you. Oh, stop. Oh, stop. Oh, stop that. I don't stop have that. five weeks in me anymore, bro. I really stop just don't that. have it. Stop stop Maybe a week. It. I won't be able to it. do I don't have I don't have it, it. Don't have stop it in me. It. Oh, what do you mean I, you I, don't I, have it? Your
1: boy just won the Monte Carlo Masters and you don't yeah. have it in you anymore. Come on now. Well, you know what?
0: That was Congratulations
1: really cool. to my boy Sisi Poss. Great job, boy.
0: Yeah, Stefanos did a nice job. He closed the deal. That was a good one. That's a big one. A masters win is always a big deal but i was a lot younger when i coached him and i was in a lot better shape. and plus my heart was more in it after that group is when i retired i don't think you knew that but in 2014 that was 7 years ago now i just do exactly. little things exactly like and that. i br- and i brought you back it's
1: beautiful it's a beautiful it thing is.
0: but 5 weeks is too much for me but that's okay you <laughs> know how to i'll tell you what though you know how to make that happen mr Fiedler. you know how that happens that's you it, know we what manage. you need to do have, to get have me to, to come back. You.
1: I have to manage you. That's it.
0: Manage me? In what way are you going to manage me? Please tell me. To I'm manage, to I have to,
1: man- I have to manage you properly, man. Got to, you know, keep you off your feet for a certain amount of time and, you know, manage you right. Yeah, well,
0: that'd gotta be my
1: happy that Got to keep that old-ass body going.
0: You know what, though? That's not the point. I I, I did a camp two <laughs> weeks ago in Saginaw, Michigan. I, I can still get it done when I need to. You know, oh, well, I got to tell you. What are you, you doing? You're doing other, now you're doing other places? My God, what the heck's well, going on here, Phil? I, I still retain the role with the United States Tennis Association, even though I'm no longer coaching a group, a specific group. They convinced me that maybe I should uh, continue on and to do things that I like to do. And I went up to do a clinic in my home at my home club in Saginaw, Michigan, two Saturdays a day. Saginaw. Sag nasty, And you know what was interesting Saginaw. there? Saginaw. Uh, it was interesting there. You know what's great is because I can still walk through the east side of Saginaw and not have any problems because I was a Trojan, okay? And uh, plus one of the few white ones. So at the end of the day, I can still get away with it because there's not too many white guys that'll walk through there anyway and of course most of the fellas and over if the they, age and of if forty they
1: pass and if they pass through some of this police uh reform, you'll never you'll never see uh people walking through there anymore, white or black.
0: Well, <laughs> or cops for that matter. Even the few cops that are on that beat don't like to go down there. But I was there, I gotta tell you a funny story though. Yeah. I hope it doesn't sound bad, but I don't really care at this point. Like I said, I'm retired. I work with high-performance kids. And I was playing a little bit with this kid who was pretty cocky. Mm -hmm. And and anyway, I hit a drop shot on him, and he didn't really know what to do. And so I won the game. I was surprised. That goes back to that old body against these 17-year-olds. And so anyway, Mm -hmm. the sun was blinding. It was cold, but it was blinding. So I said, we got to switch If we're going to play a mini set, we got to switch and do it right. I want to see how you're serving his son. Anyway, he walks past me on the net. He crossed in front of me too fast. He didn't wait for me. And I buried him in like the fourth row. Just cracked him like Ely Nastasi did to me way back when. It was hilarious. And the kid, the kid stopped being cocky after that. And now he wants me to coach him. I can't do that, obviously. But uh, it was funny. These young guys... They need to learn from real pros, and that's what Brookwood Camps has, real pros who know stuff like that, like tennis etiquette, and like how you never walk in front of a guy who's done more than you, and you be careful and you be patient. And that's what we have, great staff at Brookwood Camps, right?
1: We do. Uh, like I've always told you, I promote them all, starting with yourself, the Ooh. number one, Ooh! tennis. They'll be there for the next. He just 3 year contract, like Mike Tomlin, an extension for another four. And uh, <laughs> you, You've been listening to this show, right? You didn't hear he, anything
0: about any extensions.
1: What are you talking about? I talked to uh, your agent, Brian Levy, over at Goal Line, and we we already made the extension. Yossi oh, right. and myself negotiated the deal. Yossi? So well, we were all set. Yeah, Yossi, oh. we, you know, he's not put. He wasn't putting his top guys on this, uh, you
0: know. Oh, no, uh, he put him. Brian always okay, on, negotiates on for me. Case. For me, I'm an OG, so he he would represent for me. And it's funny, I, I was <laughs> I, I was chatting with him the other day. He never mentioned it. Okay, I hope he got me a raise. But then I'm sure, I am absolutely sure, when I leave Brookwood camps at the end of the summer, I will be enticed to stay.
1: That's it. Exactly. We gotta got, work on the negotiation that. now. We're yes, working we on are. those now. That's a I'm tough not waiting to the end I'm not waiting to the end of the season when you become a free agent again. Well, know? I'm
0: not gonna be a free agent. I've already told you I'm retired and that's just the way it is. But I do those one little things still. If it if it if, it, if it's if it if it makes sense. You know what I mean? If it makes sense, I will do it. But we have other other pro Leo Mazzoni. Uh, yeah, let me.
1: Yeah, well, let me. I was going to finish. Leo Mazzoni, Atlanta Hall of Fame, uh, rated the number one assistant coach of all time uh, for baseball. He's a good friend of mine. We've known each other almost, my goodness, close to thirty years. Back goes back when I was coaching. He was with the Braves, and uh, the man has coached. Uh, let's see, five Cy Young Award winners, three Hall of Famers. Uh, has had. His, his great credit, he always talks about, and this is why he's awesome for kids, is that he had one pitcher have Tommy John surgery in all the years he coached. That's so right. he talks about arm strength, doing the right thing, staying healthy. Very important for young kids, you know, and he doesn't do it the modern way where they're talking about pitch counts and all of those things. He does it by actually strengthening the arm and does it the right way. So Leo Mazzoni's tremendous. Um, Eric Larandini, Gary Lewis, Manchester United soccer program. Those guys are tremendous. Uh, coming over again uh, to run three weeks of soccer, which has been a very popular program for us. Our sports broadcasting program, which now Phil and I are going to need to be a part of again, um, has been tremendous. We bring in ESPN guys, Steve Levy, Adam Schefter, uh, NBC Sports, Kenny Albert and Mike Breen come in and do some clinics for the kids uh let's see dance miss erica of the broadway studios if you know anything about dance in new york city you know she's one of the top instructors out there she's tremendous she has a great attitude and boy does she work you! i mean i think sometimes she works you harder than the tennis guy does um (laughs) right uh, okay uh, that's it man of course football you know, uh, with Jay, and he's brought in a whole bunch of guys through the years, Scott Bruner and Chris Chambers and um, a, couple, a couple college coaches and, and things like that. The uh, Basketball program, which I think is going to be off the charts this year, just based on kids that are coming in. I think we're going to have an unbelievable basketball program. I'm, ex- I'm ecstatic for it. I think I'm going to spend even more time than I do down at the basketball courts just based on the way enrollment's looking and the kids that are coming in. And I think we're going to have an unbelievable basketball program led by uh, our basketball director, Chris Cummings, who's been uh, uh, over in Germany for the last, I guess, 30 years or so, playing after a cup of coffee with the Denver Nuggets. And like I tell everybody with Chris, he's one of the best fundamental coaches I've ever seen uh probably has a little phil and i I know we were talking before the show has a little to do probably with coaching in europe all those years as it's become a a great fundamental teaching place um uh, who who am i missing am i missing anyone phil that i that i didn't forgot to mention we Uh,
0: have we know what we have other programs like i mean even on
1: even on i was going to say even on a waterfront aaron howard Who's been with us for 14 years? He's unbelievable. He trains lifeguards. Could uh, do anything. Kayak clinics he does, and and on the side, the man is an archer. So right. He does some he does some archery stuff with some of the kids that really want to learn top notch archery in his, in his free time. So uh, he's a tremendous asset, uh, along with a lot of other people that I, I'm definitely missing. Uh, I'm trying to think if I missed any sports. That we do lacrosse. Uh, Yeah, your wife coaches that. I I was going to say I might be divorced if I did fail to mention that. So uh, my wife, Pamela Fiedler, who was a college All-American at Old Dominion, coached high school for a number of years until we had our children. Uh, They've been begging her to coach again, but uh, she coaches our kids now and and does that stuff. Tremendous. Uh, We've had Jeff Tambroni, who's the head coach at Penn State. They were number one in the country last year before the pandemic, um, the year before they lost in the uh, finals of the national championship game to a really good Yale team. So he's another guy that comes up and does uh, stuff with us. Uh, And I'm sure I'm missing, again, I'm sure I'm missing somebody and I apologize for that. But uh, we do have so many. Um, Our regular staff is tremendous as well. You know, so it's not just The extra specialty people. We also have uh, better staff than I'd say 95% of the camps when it comes to specialists in sports. We don't have 19 year olds running our programs who have barely played the sport and don't understand the sport.
0: That makes sense. You know, you brought up Chris Cummings. You know, I want you to realize that, first of all, Chris is African American and he coaches in Germany and he's been there for 30 years. I can tell you as a testament, I've not seen anything that he's done. I'm on the other side of the camp. I spend all my time either at the tennis or doing my show at night or whatever I have to do, writing books, which are kicking butt, by the way. Now we're talking. but, But one thing I can tell you is that Americans don't get to coach wherever they want to. If you're overseas and you're American, you have to be better than they are Otherwise, they don't give you the visa. You have to prove that you're better than everyone else. Otherwise, they don't want you there. They already have their own people. That is so unlike America, where anyone with a a printer can print out a business card and claim to be a coach. You can't do that overseas, and I have a lot of respect for that longevity. So I think you're going to be in for a great summer all the way around, including those of you who decide you don't really want the intense. Tennis or or ballet or whatever, those academies, and you just want a regular traditional sleepaway camp because those programs are also available. Correct.
1: They are plenty of uh, programs, arts and crafts, uh, different uh, sporting things, archery, um, uh, the lake, water bo- uh, motor motorboating, and and,
0: uh, tr- and water the pool. trampolines.
1: And Don't the pool forget the pool with, the wa- the pool with our eighty-five foot water slides and water polo and whatnot. And, and, you know, I always tell people the beauty of Brookwood, even for the um, the serious athlete, is guess what? At the end of the day, you're still a kid. And, you know, you still get an opportunity to go have some fun, go in the pool, go down water slides, um, go to our canteen at night, hang out in there, play some ping pong or or pool or foosball, um, do, do a whole bunch of other things that, Being a kid is all about, you know, at at 13 years old, you don't need to be on a tennis court for 12 hours a day. Um, And I think even if you're a pro, that's too much. So that's just my opinion, because and this is why kids are getting hurt now. I think uh, the thing that's going on in America right now, and uh, I actually kept my son out of a practice, which I don't think we've ever done um, or I have ever done myself personally the other day, because I think the right now the United States is trying to cram six to eight months of sports into three months. And, uh, you're going to see a lot of kids getting hurt because they're being overused. And just be careful with that. If you're a parent and understand, I mean, like I said, I held him out of one of his club uh, lacrosse practices. Cause one, they were going two hours and running them as if they're out of shape at 10 years old, which I thought was ridiculous. And, uh, he was complaining that his heel was bothering him. So I didn't want to uh have a major injury from something that shouldn't be.
0: And that's very clever. You also know how to coach and you know that's not just your kid. Well it is. He is your kid, but you also know the warning signs of injuries. I'll right. tell you And what, the same I-
1: thing when I coach, Phil, you know, I'm doing the football now and uh, you know, we play flag just to keep in shape for some of the kids and you know I don't go longer than 40 minutes with practices now just cuz it's not you know it's not worth it. I got a lot of other things going on and I always say listen in the spring I'll be the secondary sport. If you have a baseball game or a lacrosse game at the same time as football, well guess what? You go to lacrosse or baseball. And that's and we'll, fair. We'll we'll make it work, you know. This is something just to keep in shape. That's and we fair. had a, and we had you know and we had one of our uh you know primetime football clinics last night where if I tell you, you know something, uh, you know I know I'm biased, and he's my brother, but uh, you want to talk about you want someone getting coached up in a sport. Jay Fiedler is a, by far the best quarterback, wide receiver coaches coach I've seen out there. You know, for that's, your, that's your, your a kids, your kids, a quarterback or a wide receiver. My my God, he's he's been tremendous. He has a great way about him with the kids, teaching them. Nice and calm, and you know that stuff, and uh and just his technique and fundamentals. Really, I mean, I see it in my own son, who's been working with him. You know, he's throwing the ball farther than any other uh, nine, nine and three quarter, ten year old. So, you know, and, and it's because of his his uncle. Right now, any better or bigger than anybody else
0: and that's and he's at Brookwood also. So we have the we've covered the gamut when it comes to that. One of the things I know you said 45 minutes, that's fair, I guess. I I don't do that. It depends on what I'm doing. If I'm doing a private lesson like we'll use, let's just use one of my best kids uh, as an example, I guess. The one you just mentioned before. I, I don't even know if he was the best one, but hour, hour and a half for private lessons, but after he was like 12 I think. Um, Usually with a kid, I don't do private lessons Mm -hmm. for anyone under the age of 10 unless, like, I did one in Corfu. One of the last lessons I did on Corfu Island was with a kid from England who Tim Henman sent me. So I worked with him. He was nine, I think, at the time, eight maybe. But that was a real pro sending him, and he wanted me to work with his surf, and that's what we did. Um, As far as group lessons go, an hour and a half usually is good. It depends on how big the group is and what we're trying to accomplish. Beginners, never more than 45 minutes, never. You know, tennis is the most difficult sport to play because there's so, well, I shouldn't say that because now it really isn't. All you have to do is be able to serve and hit the box and hit forehands and backhands because there's no strategy anymore. They just rip and rip and rip. But 45 minutes for a little kid, that's enough. For a little group of kids is enough. If you can get eight-year-olds to hit one shot a week over five weeks, we've covered the whole thing. We've covered serves. We've covered forehands. We've covered backhands. We've covered volleys. We've covered uh, approach shots. Well, well, and we,
1: right. well isn't it, you, you know, like I always say, quality, uh, quality over quantity?
0: Sometimes and, and it, what I and well
1: and I'll tell you why what I find with kids especially, and you know you really got to stay on them as they get tired and this is I guess everybody, as you get tired your technique breaks down.
0: Well, that's and just it. the
1: great one, the great ones, the technique doesn't break down. Now, don't get me wrong. In forty-five minutes, if you do your drills properly, those kids will be tired. So, it's not you know I mean, I could do basketball drills and and we I always do when I do a basketball drill and i I call it game speed, you know or faster, and I want you to slow down, so I'm gonna make it a little bit more chaotic for you, so when you come into a game, it's easy you know and and the kid that walks on the court and starts shooting the ball standing still, that doesn't happen, <laughs> you know that's not practice, you know. Moving around, moving the ball, throwing it to yourself, passing it off a pitch back, that's basketball. And getting yourself a little tired, that's basketball. Same thing with tennis. Listen, you you could have a great serve the first serve of the game. Now you're in, in the fifth set when you played for four hours. Show me that same serve when you need it.
0: Well, that's why in tennis we do a little longer sessions. Actually, I want them tired. Usually I what think I we do... all
1: want it. we all want them tired like I said I, I you know for now, I've cut back a little bit not because I don't want to because I just see what everybody else is doing to these kids and my feeling is is you know there's a difference between tired and injured
0: yeah, of course you know and there's uh... a difference
1: between you know like the kid that you have at tennis that you're going an hour and a half two hours they're not running to another practice from there.
0: No, and they're not going to go out and play with other kids either. You know, they're not going to go play tennis in the afternoon. Right, and that's my point. So let's,
1: for instance, on Saturday, uh, I'll give you my weekend. So on Saturday, my son goes to ten thirty lacrosse practice. They go for two hours, and they're running and doing. We literally have a one o'clock football game, so we got to fly out of the place, drive fifteen minutes to get to the football field. I could see how tired he is from the way he was throwing in warmups, play a football game. And then he had something else afterwards. I think the town lacrosse had a practice and then the town lacrosse had a game the next day. And my daughter was doing the same type of stuff with practices and and games. And, and you know, it becomes, you know, when is when is it too much, you know, and, all, and, and mine are not playing, you know, there's kids that are playing baseball, lacrosse, football and basketball. All at the same time right now. Right. And they're running around. (laughs) Exactly. That's my that was that was my point in why I've cut back, Phil. It wasn't about a normal time. Listen, in a normal time, I'm going in at least an hour and a half um, of work. You know, I I don't I also don't waste time. Uh, You know, you stretch before you get on the court with me. There's not wasting time with a lot of that that stuff and running and stuff. Hey, listen, I, you run for me in the drills, you know, I'm not doing uh, as the old days sideline 17s and different things like that, (laughs) you know, and and if I'm doing a sideline 17, I'm doing it before the drill. So you're tired. You know, the old thing that I think a lot of old coaches used to do is they would run that after doing the drill. So now you're tired and then it was, Oh, you'll get a drink, you know, and then you came back and you were fine again you had your three minutes to recover
0: i'm feeling you. you know what in tennis and i mean i different. think it's the same you know
1: in tennis you're doing a lot of running too i would assume
0: yeah you know? but it's it's a lot different you mentioned that four and five hour matches that are becoming the norm now because they mm-hmm. play one way they just slug it out from the baseline i need them to serve when they're tired so what where I is do is John, I Where is
1: John McEnroe when you need him? My
0: goodness! Yeah, well, he would never have done that. That's why he he didn't go as far as he should have. He he would get tired at the end.
1: Well, he was a serve and volley guy. Come on.
0: Well, he was, but you know, my whole thing as I was, but my whole thing is is you need to have that. You what? Serve. You were
1: a serve and volley guy, Phil?
0: I I played with. Yeah, I started playing with wood rackets. Now that
1: I know, but I didn't know you were a serve and volley guy. You attacked the net, huh?
0: I never I never hit more than th- if I hit three groundstrokes in in one game, not one not a set, a game, three in a row, I wasn't doing my job well. My ground strokes are horrible. Um I can still volley and I can still serve, but my thing with Well, that's a
1: that's a big part for you I know coaching, that a lot of people have hired you for the serves.
0: Most yeah, it's there's a lot, mistaken, a, there. lot of, a
1: lot of guys out A lot a lot of a lot of those top notch guys that are out there have hired you to help them with their surf, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yes, and, and but that's another, that's a different all the way from altogether.
1: Pete Sam, all the way from Pete Sampras down, if I'm not mistaken.
0: I would think that that would be correct. Yes, um, mm-hmm. that was probably, I guess it was the first one, but he really didn't need a whole lot because his surf was established. He just needed another set of eyes. That's It'll what a lot tuning. of these guys. Yeah, they just hire me for not to be another set of eyes. Um, and they're prepared when they do. They send me tapes of them serving great, and tapes of them serving poorly, and, and we can kind of find a way in the middle to make it work without tweaking anything because I'm not really their coach, you know.
1: Well, isn't that? T- what, you know, I, I feel with for you, and I've watched, you know, enough, and it's one of the things you do great with the younger kids at Brookwood, you know, is teaching a kid that really doesn't know how to serve how to serve.
0: Well, that's what I've done mm-hmm. the last since I retired is mostly do that. Like, I was somewhere else for three years coaching just one kid, really. But uh, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I would pull a kid aside and say, hey, come on, I'll I'll teach you how to serve. I used to, when I was younger, I used to say the five minute. I can teach you how to serve in five minutes. I I still can, but I just don't use that approach anymore. But I can assure you, if you're with me for the entire hour serving, you're going to make balls. But but back to what I was saying, is though, is that with these longer matches – you got to get that you. Got to not only get that first serve in, but you got to win that first serve point. And that requires stamina at the end, especially like on clay courts where points aren't really finished at the net. And, they're, and these points are 40, 50 ball rallies. So, I mean, you have to have the strength and you have to have the uh, ability to know you can make serves when you're tired. So, what I generally do is make them serve at the end of practice, the last 20 minutes, like mm-hmm. a cool down it's serve but before that i make them run suicides that means i hit they touch every line side to side
1: oh easy now you can't call them that anymore be careful
0: okay i'm sorry um <laughs> I make them, whatever i make them run i, I you guess you make them run you make
1: them run i know exactly what you're talking about but you know you know this world look out you can't say that stuff anymore you okay so it.
0: i make yeah i make them run uh i make them suicides
1: run. i'm only kidding
0: <laughs> yeah yeah but that's what they're called i mean we're not hoping they commit suicide. I also kind of keep an eye on the kids too during that time because they've already been running and hitting. But I keep an eye on them and and watch for things like are they tired? Um, I look right. for how they run, for example. Some kids well, run straight. Go
1: ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was going to ask you a question, and you know it's something we had talked about previously, and uh, you know. Bulk muscle versus flexibility.
0: Flexibility 100%.
1: Okay. And and although I think it's changed a little bit in tennis. Unfortunately, yes. I think think 20 years ago, 100% flexibility. But now when you have it, let's just go to the women's side, you know, a Serena Williams. You know, how do you compete with the awesome power that she has if you don't have some bulk muscle involved.
0: Well, you, you have that, but mostly, you know, playing against Serena, is probably that's probably not a great example because she's pretty erratic, as you know. I don't think she has a plan when she goes out there. I think her plan is to hit the last ball, and I think right. that's she what she's done. She, uh, She's been lucky enough she doesn't need one. And she's been blessed with great genetics too, by the way. You right, know, well, that's may... what
1: I mean. Well, that that was my point of bulk muscle, you know, with flexibility, where I would say, if you ask me, Serena's probably one of the least flexible tennis players. But, my God, because of genetics, her power is just awesome.
0: And playing against her older sister Venus in the backyard every day didn't hurt either. Um, no. Venus was number okay. one before Serena. And the whole point with them girls, but Venus is really tall and lanky. But back to Serena, I think she's going back to the flexibility part now. She misses her speed. Right,
1: I think she. I think she has to. Yes, I agree. I agree with you. I think, you know, you would ask me about other sports, and I think, you know, yes, bulk, you know, bulk muscle, I think, is important to prevent certain injuries in certain mm-hmm. sports. You know, in football, I think bulk muscle is way more important than in other yes. sports, and it's more of a an injury preventer in football. You know, you're getting hit in football, but I think flexibility is just as important because you see how many guys go out with a bad hamstring or a, they pull, pull a muscle or something like that. I mean, I think in basketball, yeah, flexibility is a huge. You know, that to me there, but flexibility. And I don't know if you agree with me or not. There,
0: I think it matter for me. It's all about flexibility. You never saw tennis players, for example, you injuring their oblique muscles, and that's because they spend all their time in the well, What gym. do you think in other
1: sport? What What, what would you think in others?
0: Think well, of I other think sports, if, sure. well, obviously in football you need bulk muscle because you're you're competing physically one on one. You know, you're competing against strong guys themselves, so you need that strength. To, um, basketball, maybe more flexibility. I think. I think they're getting to that now. Look at James Harden; he's having issues. Um, there's all kinds of guys. Plus the jammed-in schedule. You talked about that earlier. Look at what the NBA is doing to their players. They're killing them. Oh, These it's, guys are oh, it's hurt. crazy. I mean, hey,
1: but it's been happening for years with them. Between that and USA basketball, you know, you had a guy like Kobe. Three three years because of you know Olympics and World Championships and that stuff as well.
0: Well, that's a hard thing to keep up with, and that's why flexibility matters. Um, I think rest, I don't think these players get enough rest. If you watched in a bubble, they played great because they weren't out doing their thing after games and hanging out. They were just in the bubble, and those games were great. Look at what they are like when they're not. I mean, so rest is important. I think rest is the most important thing your body needs when you're a young athlete. You need to get your sleep. You need to get your rest. That's why tennis players like live in a cocoon because they have to, because they don't get to go to proms, because they have to get up and play tennis. A lot of these kids take lessons at 5 a.m., by the way, because the best tennis players are usually also not the most well-off economically and need the sport, And you have to get up early with them so you can give them a break. So your boss doesn't yell at you for uh, eating up a court hour for free. Um, But I think in the other sports, I think you need... The most important thing for me is rest. Rest and and flexibility. Using these tubes, these stretch bands. Also, the most important thing though, if you're going to do these things, find a trainer that actually knows what they're doing. I don't care what they say about themselves. Watch what they do. Talk to their customers and see what they say.
1: My pro- problem you have with that sometimes is people don't know. And they're fooled by guys that put on a good show. Right. I mean, I've seen a million guys that train these kids the wrong way. And it actually winds up hurting them in the long run. And I've seen it you know, a lot in football with Jay. You know, a kid will train with Jay. He'll get sold a bill of goods somewhere else. And then he comes back to Jay because he realizes, oh, my God, he just got totally screwed up, you know, and everything that Jay's been teaching him has been correct, and these other guys just messed up their their motion and the things that they
0: do. Well, those are called gurus. You know, I would say, now, I don't have a tennis website any longer, only because I don't want to answer all the mail and turn everyone down who want me to coach. But I used to. When I was an active, full-time tennis pro, I had a – website when they had them from from the time I was in Corfu I had one. Um my fantasy sports for example I have a website. I don't update it much because I'm busy but I have that. Um my all my stuff. Websites matter and an Instagram account isn't a website. Anyone can make those you got to put some money in behind it and invest in yourself. And that's what I look for. When I look at these coaches that's the first thing I look for where's your website what have you done in the sport outside of what you claim to have done? Basically, are you uh, writing? Uh, are you teaching?
1: Well, my, mine is credentials.
0: Okay. You know,
1: uh, a kid because a kid played uh, Division One basketball doesn't mean you could coach basketball.
0: That's exactly
1: you right. Know? By now, by and right. there are some that there are some that can. Don't get me wrong, but you know there's so many guys out there. Oh, I played a division two basketball and now I'm this great, you know, uh, you know, fundamental uh, private coach, you know, and, and listen, like I said, I could put on a show for anybody if I wanted to, you know, And, 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 and I could teach you the wrong things and you would think I'm doing it perfect. But I, I would never, obviously I would never do that, but there are guys out there that do that, you know, and it's, Unfortunately, the business of youth sports has become such a ridiculous money maker for these people that this is what's happening out there and then you have the parents that are just i guess fooled by everybody that they have to keep up with the Joneses and oh, I have to get someone to do a a private uh, you know whatever a shooting coach a, a speed coach or this coach or that coach i mean. You know, I've seen kids out there that have this speed coach and can't uh, can't run down a street. You know, and and listen again, again, you know, there's a genetic factor in it too, Phil. You know, there's only so much you're going to do as a coach. You know, listen to me, you should be playing sports as a young kid to have fun and right. to be social
0: and That's to right. you know,
1: and, and the other and the other stuff will come. You know, I mean, if you're if you have if you're a parent out there and you have your seven-year-old training for to be a pro, you're a nut. And and listen, there are so, listen, uh, you got Tiger Woods and people that did it, but you know the funny part about even Tiger Woods is if you go back and you listen to the story with his dad, you know he said he saw it in his son's eye that he wanted to do it and loved playing. He never really pushed him to do it. You know, he would just go out and hit himself a Tiger. So, you know, it's one thing if your kid's going out and he just wants to, let's say, shoot hoops every day or uh, throw a football through a tire or hit tennis balls, you know, that stuff. That's great. Let him do it. And I would, that that's the ones that I would let them play. But then there's other kids that people are pushing to these sports and then paying for, you know, ridiculous fees to people because they're worried their kid's going to, Fall behind another kid. Well, if you're an athlete, you're an athlete. Look at some of these pros that didn't start playing till they were in high school because they were athletes. And Phil's favorite line: They had the genetics.
0: They had the genetics. That's true. I I don't know too many players in tennis that really succeeded taking up the sport after the age of sixteen. But I agree. D- different, with you. different. Phil, different sport. Now tennis of is it different. Is.
1: Tennis tennis is a young person sport you know let look look at uh you know the old days of women's tennis if you were t- 30 you were ancient
0: men too but that was you know what but now there's so much money out there that they can skip tournaments back then you couldn't skip anything because you had to play to, to eat and, right. and that's important and, and, and i
1: right, no, and i understand but a different you know but tennis is a different sport you know tennis you could start. What well, you could turn pro at what sixteen, if I'm not mistaken.
0: You could. I guess you you can now, but you're limited on the WTA as to how many events you can play. And yeah, but you could do. But
1: you could still do it. Where yeah yeah. And you know in the in other sports there is a ti- there is an actual timeline, right? That goes on. You know where you're. You know you got to finish high school. You're 18 years old now. You're gonna have to play. You know. Football, as great as you are, you still got to play a season or two of college. Well, that's or true. Or whatever, yeah. whatever it may be. So there is a, you know, where tennis, there's not necessarily a timeline to how the age of it, where other sports, there is a definitive timeline. Right. And that's why I make the point that you can, you know, listen, I'm sure if there was a ridiculously uh, with tennis, if a kid was a superior athlete and took it up at uh, 16, and got great coaching and worked at it, I'm sure they could be good, you know. Yeah, they could be good at college
0: tennis, maybe. They're
1: they're definitely playing some catch-up, there's no question, because it's a, you know, where tennis is more of a technical sport, too, than a lot of other, uh, you know, sports. It's muscle memory, you know, it's all of that. I mean, listen, um, I don't necessarily think in basketball you're going to become a great shooter if you take it up late. Because it's a muscle memory again, a muscle memory thing. But there's plenty of guys like a Hakeem Olajuwon, and you know, guys that had the genetics that you know are playing on the block and doing different things and have great footwork that you could really teach to great athletes. Well, plus you know, same
0: playing soccer too. Don't forget. Right. Their, well, that's, that's what I'm saying. All big.
1: you know. Well, that's. I mean, they were playing something, so it's not right. that they had to be. You know, uh, like like I said, you shouldn't be specializing in sports at a young age. Cause that's, that's how you, that's how you get injuries. That's how things happen. You know, I mean, um, you know, you look at, uh, uh who, who was the other one I was going to mention. It was Hakeem Elijah and it was one other guy I was going to mention that, that, you know, uh, uh brought, came, came on later on. And just because of their athletic ability, um, you know, they were able to play. I mean, listen to Shaquille O'Neal, you know, uh, To be honest, fundamentally speaking, he was okay, but he was a ridiculously genetic specimen—a seven-foot, three-hundred-pound guy that could run faster than uh, you and I.
0: Right. Yeah. That that doesn't happen.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: So, but in tennis, now tennis is different though because I now I used to get a lot of emails from. uh,
1: I'd like to see a seven-footer play tennis. See if you could get it over him at the net.
0: You know what? Mark Rosé was about as close to it as you could get. He was from Switzerland. We used to call, I used to call him Big Bird, and I could lob over him. Um, you could? Okay. Yeah, you can lob over them. See, but, but here's the thing, is that we learned how to do that back then in those days, because that was a weapon for us, because everyone was serving in volley, and no one was playing on the baseline and successfully until you saw like Guillermo Villas do it, and then you saw Bjorn Borg do it, those guys. But prior to that, everyone served a volley. Everyone in America, I don't know a single person who didn't serve a volley, except for maybe Aaron Krickstein and Jimmy Arias, who went to a tennis academy and learned how to hit big forehands. But the back, what I was saying is that I used to get a lot of emails, especially from Eastern Bloc areas trying to get me to coach their four-year-old because he could hit a ping-pong ball with a ping-pong paddle when he was two. And that's fine, but I wouldn't take a kid full-time that young. I know tennis academies do, but the most important thing Mm -hmm. is is what happens to these kids. You know, tennis is hard. It's tough to get even one tour point. You know, a lot of guys went through academies for years and years and never even got a sniff at the Pro Tour or played college. And that leads to a lot of disappointments. Tennis is a game that will break your heart eventually. Um, sometimes it breaks your heart when you're a young kid. Sometimes it happens old longer when you're older, but it happens. And how you handle disappointment is a main thing. A lot of these kids have nothing to fall back on. Even. But that's it.
1: Isn't that in isn't, isn't. Isn't, right. Well, isn't that in any sport though? You know how, so. how are you going to handle the first time you see it? You see adversity the first time. You know. You know it's it's the great. You know, uh, like they talk about football. You know, quarterback is the hardest position in sports. Right. Why? Because you have to have a short memory. You know, you throw an interception. Guess what? You're going back on the field soon. And right. you better be. You know, you better have forgotten about that and move on to the next play. You know, I think tennis is a very, very, you know, mentally, you know, there's a lot of physical into it, but there's a ton of mental, you know, can you go for that five hours and when you die and say, Hey, I need to pull one more out of my hat, you know, and, uh, and be able to get it done when, when it needs to be, you know? So I just think there's so many, you know, it's, you know, parents have to look at, is there, you know, to make their kid mentally tough, too. You know, it's not just about training and this and, and all of the, the other stuff. Listen, can your kid handle the adversity at times?
0: You well, know, is shit. it going to happen? Well, my point was a little different. I think it was more like these kids have trained for just one thing, and you see them and they're miserable in real life because they didn't get that one thing. They chased that one impossible carrot based on. A little bit of success when they were seven or eight, and I think that that's dangerous. I I know kids who've committed suicide in tennis for that reason. So well, back you need, to the but th- back to the whole thing about well, you need a fall. You know,
1: it it's like any other thing, Phil. You need a fallback plan.
0: Well, that's the problem.
1: You know, plan, my plan B. Well, that's the well, but but it shouldn't be because you know there's always a fallback plan. You know, Ooh, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, and in in America, a lot of times the fallback plan is your education. You know, and now you could put your you know your degree to use. That's always been, I think, a big important part of it.
0: You know, right? But a lot of these kids don't go to college because they've been sold a bill of goods. They put in all that uh, work, right,
1: which I understand.
0: You know? They go out on the pro tour, the lowest level, in the satellites and challengers. Maybe they make a few bucks. Maybe they don't. But they wind up beaten out of the system because you need so much more than just talent to succeed at the ATP and WTA tour level. You need mm-hmm. a five-year plan, $500,000. That's what you need. It's about a hundred thousand dollars a year to travel and train as a professional tennis player, a junior tennis player to play all those tournaments. You're looking at sixty, 000, seventy thousand $70,000. It's expensive. So you have to have all those plans. My point is, is that these kids don't have those plans because they've been sold a bill of goods when they were little by training and spending all their time either on the court in a gym or in front of a nutritionist and a psychologist and everybody else they don't make all that well plan. And, and that's
1: my point that, that and that was my point at the beginning that you know these are the ones that are not letting kids be kids
0: well if, that's just if it. you
1: you know and that's that's a issue you know that's a big problem but you're not You know, you need to let kids be kids, and I think a lot of times, it you know, it goes back to you know, oh, we're putting all our eggs in one basket. He was a great, uh, like you said, he could hit a ping pong ball at uh, you know, two. So he must be a you know, he's going to be a great player. Right. Well, you know, who who the heck knows?
0: You know, and you don't know. And you don't know. That's just all. You know, I I coached a kid in Corfu who I thought was a can't-miss kid. And he missed big time Mm -hmm. because he didn't have the intangibles behind him. And that's just it. And that's why sleepaway camps, I think, are so tremendous. And I know that these private coaches frown on that. I remember when I did that private job where I ended up the tennis director, you know what happened? Is that his coach didn't want to send him to me because – only a hack works at summer camp. And when he got back, he not only surpassed everything that he had done previously with this coach, but he made his varsity team. And I'm going to go as far as to say, and I know for a fact that this is true, because they wouldn't have hired me back. He wouldn't have got there without that, without that summer camp experience. But then they mm-hmm. sought me out, kind of like you did. So, And you have all these coaches at Brookwood who can recognize all these things we've been through all these things and a lot of camps offer like you said earlier just 19 and 20 year olds who can't offer anything except maybe be a buddy on the pitch
1: right exactly there's a you know there's a there's a it was the old saying there's a difference between a a, a teacher and a student teacher that's and, right you know a student teacher is learning that's the 19 year old kid you know the 42 year old that's been through it has seen things and has usually done things and seen the disappointments and the and the and the uh, uh, the greatness at the same time. You know the disappointments and the uh, the successes, so to speak. So well, right. There's a you lot of to recognize ways that too. Exactly. And then you know there's a uh, and we've always talked about it. You know I was watching Moneyball. All the what about how. Oh, yeah, you can look at the kid and see how they play and all that. But how do you decide the, their inside, the heart, you know, and what they have in that regard? And, you know, it's true. How do you do that? You know, and uh, I think it's, uh, you know, it's something that you really have to be around the person a lot to, to know. And you hope that they've been through something that you could actually find out and see that you know, that there's going to be something going on.
0: Well, that's that's why, you know, my job, my entire career path after I, well, I didn't stop really playing, but I was a director at a very young age. My
1: mm-hmm. whole
0: career has been at resorts. Five Star Resorts is a residential pro. Go ask your club pro what that means. If he can't tell you, well, they don't have them too much anymore. You, that's the elite. You can't just get a job like that. And I'm going to pat myself on the back because I was able to do that throughout my career um except for you one little your,
1: you should pat yourself on the back
0: cuz that was a hard that's a hard gig and that's why i had to stop because it just gets too hard but one of the things that i did is work with kids just for a week just for a week or just for two or 3 days while their parents were on vacation or whatever so i understand that i'm not their real coach i understand that i'm not going to change much maybe i can tweak a little something here and there You know, you are who you are. Your strokes are your strokes. After the first 45 days of your tennis, your strokes are your strokes. And that's why I spend so much time with the little ones. You see pictures of me with little ones at Brookwood because I'm trying to set their strokes in the right way. So that when they leave there, that muscle memory is there. They at least have an idea of what they're doing. But that all goes back to my experience. Like you said. I've been doing it a very, very long time. Right, a
1: long time at the at the right level and all of that, you know. And and uh, and in that regard, yeah. I don't work Phil, with
0: beginners too much. Go ahead. We got about four Phil, minutes. I'm going
1: to give you. I know we do, so I wanted to give a little special treat and maybe a preview of our show coming up after the camp season. And oh, I'm going to yeah. give those of them. Li- I'm going to give those of them listening out there a couple ponies to play Ooh. today. Okay. There. If, the, if there's anyone listening. So in the third at Keeneland, I'm going to give you an exacta box 6-7. Windworthy with Invictus. Okay? Just play an exacta box. That means the two horses have to come in first and second in either order. And if you want to play a win bet on that, play the six to win. Um, in the second at Tampa Bay, the three-horse Baki, You're going to play him across the board. Win Place and Show, and then in the fifth at Keeneland, the 12-horse King of Miami. I think you may get a price on this horse, and again, I would play him across the board. I think you may get a price on the uh, on all of these horses. Actually, uh, the third, the six may get bet down. Uh, I think he's a sneaky uh, five-to-one shot in the morning line, but uh, I figured it's time to give a few ponies out. Um, And you can tell the audience, you know, what we're talking about after the summer camp season as well, Phil.
0: Oh, okay. I'll do that. We're going to do something called Picks and Ponies. I'm going to make picks. Scotty's going to make ponies. Pick ponies. And it's going to be a very short, like 15 minute little podcast every day. We do have our own URL. We don't have the website yet. I'm still thinking I might just run it through cashwithflash.com. But it's going to be about just that picking, giving you winners. And giving you a couple ponies, and if you like the and service, once, go
1: ahead. Right, and what? And once again, Phil, you know, it's it's uh, as we have high credentials in the camping world, we also have, you know, I guess as an aside, high credentials in in that world, you know, where you have been uh, giving out these picks for a long time and have been very documented and successful. And if you want to look at myself, you know, you could see that I'm I've won. A lot of handicapping tournaments and uh, have won the uh, biggest handicapping ter- biggest online handicapping tournament ever. So we do have preten- credentials behind ourselves as well in this area.
0: And I have a bookcase behind me also. Um, I, I kind of alluded to this. Now, I wrote a tennis book. It was my very first one. I, never, I didn't know what I was doing. I thought I did. And, and it didn't go well. And that's okay. I didn't really care about it because I knew I would learn from it. But I have a daily fantasy sports book out there. That's a Kindle edition only, and I also have a series. And I'm almost—I should be publishing my basketball and NHL ones in time for next season. I was going to publish it before, but this is a weird season, and I don't know if my theories were going to work. Obviously, they have right now. I'm on a thirty-three and nine streak in NBA, so that's not too bad. But you can get my books at Amazon betting. Baseball 101, Betting Football 101, or Daily Fantasy Baseball 101. They're all at Amazon, and I hope that you get them. You can also, I might have some up at camp during whatever we do. We'll see, but mostly I won't because they're gambling books. But it is what it is. We have the credentials behind us. I have handicapped for some top websites, and I know how to build websites, and I know how to obviously do radio and podcasts, and I'm looking forward to doing this. Hopefully, we can sell a few picks and make a few bucks.
1: Little side, little side thing. Finally,
0: finally, huh? I've been a dedicated little side. to
1: camp for the last, I've been dedicated to camp for the last 22 years. Got to get a little side.
0: Yep. That makes sense. All right. That's going to wrap it up for this edition of the canteen. You can hear us every day over at CSN Sports Radio. You can also find us at philnasonshow.com. Bring us, or I should say, go to brookwoodcamps.com and sign up. Send us your most precious gift, and we'll return them better human beings and probably better athletes as well. For Scott Fiedler, I'm Phil Nasons. Thanks for listening to The Canteen.
1: You've been listening to The Canteen with Phil Masons and Scott Fiedler. Find us on social media at Cash with Flash and at your podcast catcher of
0: choice.